Welcome to the live preaching message from Loyalty House International, a denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to teach and to preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. Thank you, Lord, for my life. Thank you for even ordering my steps to church. I could have been anywhere. Many things could have happened to me. But Lord, by your mercy today, I am alive and I chose to be in church. I want to say thank you. Lift up your voice and thank him. In whatever language and in whatever way, just say, Lord, I thank you. Oh, yes. Thank you. My Jesus. creator. Yes, the Lord. one who has given me life. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. I may not know oh, yes. what you did. Thank you, Jesus. I may not be aware oh, yes. the many things you kept away from me. Oh, yes, many things. To be alive today. But I just want to say thank, thank you. you, Jesus, for keeping me, for keeping us. Lord, thank you. I have many issues and oh, many challenges. Oh, yes. Thank you, thank for you Jesus. Cross, for giving place, Lord. for keeping us, for watching over us. There are thank many you. needs thank you oh, yes. for and things that are bothering me. Oh, yes. But they are what they are only because you gave me life. Therefore, I want to say thank you. In love you Now 
subject of why you must carry your cross. Do you get it? But before I do that, I have a question to ask and I don't know if anybody has the answer. Why is God so interested in removing sin from us? <laughs> Did you understand my question? What is it, or ask in another way, what is it about sin that we don't know that God, that will make God go to the, the, the deepest extent I mean, let's, 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 let's look at it. You see, the prophet Isaiah spoke that when God could find nobody to do the work of setting us free from our sins, he, he, he himself took it upon himself to come and do it. The question is, what is it about it? What is it about sin that we don't know? That will make God go to the extent he went for us to be free from it. That's my question. Philippians chapter 2 Verse 5, Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let, let this mind be in you, which, also, which was also in Christ Jesus. What has happened to our normal screen projection thing? Our license is expired or what? Come again, it's expired. The laptop is what? Oh, no, but this story, is, I, don't, I don't accept it. I reject it. It's, it's, it's a black man way of doing things. Black people, we are not, there's nothing wrong with that. So it's just the way we do things that doesn't make us get certain results. Do you get it? The way we do things, it doesn't allow us to get certain results. There's, don't believe anybody that tells you that uh, black people, you are not like this. No, they, they, don't mind them. I, I'm telling you, don't mind them. It's not true. There's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us. The only difference is the way we do things doesn't give certain results. That's all. That, that's, it's not like we are low IQ. We, no, it's never true. It's never true. It's never true. Don't believe one cent or one second. Anybody who tells you that because you are black, you are inferior. You, it's never true. It's never true. It's just the way we do things. Because we do things in a certain way. That doesn't give some, some, some results. That, that's, that's all. But anyway, that's not the point of the service. He says, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ. What, what is a mind? What is a mind? I want to know the mind. What is it? Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Do you get it? He thought it not. It's like, who, being in the form of God, didn't see it as anything strange to say I'm equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant who was made in the likeness of man or men. And being found in fashion as men, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Now, you see, the, 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 the whole idea Paul is projecting to us is that Jesus Christ had a certain mind. He was equal with God. But because of the way he, he was thinking and considering the job that has to be done, he had to put aside all those things 
and put on something far less, something that was not nice. Now, the question is, what, what is the reason? What, what is, why all this effort? I, I don't know if you understand my question. Because, you see, if, if you don't know the implication or, or the, the effect of the presence of something, do you get it? You, you will not even appreciate the effort to sort it out with you. I mean, if I don't know the presence, what a stain in my dress or in my shirt, what it means. I mean, if I try to clean it, it doesn't go, and I like the dress, I say, ah, it's not, it's not a problem, I'll wear it. Do you get it? It's like, I'll not go to an extent that, ah, let me just, look, it's, I'm tired, let's just go. Because I don't know what it means, the implication of having a stain in my shirt. And I, I, I just sense strongly that most of us as Christians don't know the implications of having sin in our lives. And therefore, are not able to appreciate the offer that has been made to us. And you know why? Do you know why? Do you know why? It's because we don't know what sin does in the invisible world. See, we are so used to the visible world. We are so used to the information gathered by our five senses and therefore its interpretation. Because the whole world is teaching us and everything. You see, when a child comes, a child comes almost empty. Very few basic things. But they grow to add on and develop more. And they become quite aware with their natural environment, the, natural, the physical, what we can see. I mean, a child doesn't know how to smell things, but as they grow, they develop to smell and to interpret what they are smelling. Are you with me? So we are so well developed in the area of our five senses to the point that something that we can't explain or can't interpret in our five senses is irrelevant to us. But you see, you see, not so with God. I said not so with God. And so I want us to pray. Because listen, this one, is, it's not by talking. I said it's not by talking. It's not by talking. We want to pray. Are you with me? We want to pray about it. What are we going to pray about? That our eyes, not our physical eyes, but our spiritual eyes will be open. That we will be more, re, will be more in touch with the spirit world than the physical world. You see, we are taught to, the, the, the physical world, the natural world has been so elevated. And yet, yet, it, it's, its effect or what it can do is almost negligible. Yes. You see, if the natural world and what we can do was very strong and very powerful, somebody cannot take you to a, a witch, I mean, witchcraft or sangoma to do things to make you, for your life to be a mess. Do, do you know that people can take you to places? I don't know if you have it well here. If, I don't think South Africa, we have it quite strong. But I doubt. Because, listen, in some places, eh, in some places across, I don't know, but I think it's almost all Africa. It's almost all Africa. If you don't know, you think it's not there. But I tell you, in some places, in some places, in some places, they can take you and do things to you. You will not believe what will happen to you. In some places, when you see, like, they see money on the floor, like, let's some, some 2,000 rands line, when you pick it, you will turn into something. You will turn into an animal, and somebody will come and carry you. Yes, I'm telling you. You see, if you want to understand, the, the Nigerians do a lot of movies. Now, let me tell you. Let me, let me, you see, we don't, we, don't, we don't write or 
do things that we don't know. The things we write about are the things we know. So you, when you want to know what a culture knows or believes, do you get it? You can see it in the movies they come up with. Are you with me? Yeah. And you see, these things here, can I tell you something? I, I, after I was getting educated, I said all these are rubbish. I said all these things are nonsense. I, I said it, all these things are nonsense. Until one day, Hey, if, that, if somebody tells you, if somebody tells you that all you see is all that is there, I am here to tell you that it's a big lie. <laughs> you can believe it or just be there. Are you with me? And I want us to pray about this seriously. I want us to pray about it. That our spiritual eyes will be open. And every day you should pray about it. Because, you see, what will happen is that if you don't pray about it, you would leave yourself exposed to attacks of the forces that are against you. You see, sometimes some of the forces are against you, not because of what you have done, but because of who you belong to. You see, some of you, 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 forces are working against your life, not because of what you have done wrong, but because of what your father did, or what your mother did, or what your grandmother did. Oh, yes, yes, I'm telling you. I am telling you. I am telling you. You have done nothing wrong. But you see, because you are a child of this person, or you are a great grandchild of this person. That is why those forces are headed against you. And you see, being having received Jesus Christ is to get you also to have a force that is in your favor. Not only for the for the things you have done, for, but for the things that somebody did. And because of your connection with them, those forces are come against you. Hallelujah. So I want us to seriously pray about it. I want us to seriously pray about it. Because I feel strongly that a lot of you just come to church for coming sake. It's almost like, oh, this thing is boring. Whatever it is. They just finish and let's go. Just to clear your conscience that I went to church. But I'm pleading with you that coming to church is not for conscience sake. Coming to church is an opportunity to have a special supernatural encounter with God. That will set you stronger. You see, that will set you stronger and that will also protect you against enemy forces for your life. I was telling you about my personal experience. You know, until I, I didn't believe in those things. So sometimes when you get educated a bit and you know some small physics, small chemistry, do you get it? Because I was around, I should be around 20 years by then. Could it be 20? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or 87. Okay, yeah, I was about 20, 22. And you know, 22, at most 22 years, do you think you're 22 here? Do you think you don't know things? Do you think of yourself as not knowing things? As a person sitting by you, I'm not sure your age, but do you think of yourself as not knowing things? So, so I was around 22 at that time. And, and I woke up, you know, we were in school on the university campus. So I woke up. Our school, I mean, the, the, the rooms we were sleeping in didn't have any suite. So you have to go out to the common bathroom and toilet. I don't know whether you have something like that here. South Point. Okay. So, so I went out 
And it was quite a distance from where my room. So I went and I went to just let out some water. So as I was coming back, in front of my rest, the, the hall or the, 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 my room, there's a balcony. Like, of course, there must be a balcony to be able to walk. So as I looked on the field, the field in front was a volleyball court. It was not a rubbish dump. It was a volleyball court. As I looked, I saw fire. <laughs> so, so I said to myself, who is burning on the volleyball court? Rubbish. At this time, at, at that thing, if somebody... <laughs> you see, to tell me I didn't see it is like to tell me I don't have a hand. So as I saw the thing, I said, ah, it doesn't make sense. So I stood, I stood, and I started looking at the thing. But then I realized that it had a very well-defined edge. You know, fire that is being like from rubbish, the edges are not nicely defined. And I stood and I looked, and it went dim, dim, and disappeared. Uh, it, I mean, I believe it. If you don't believe it, sit there. I, because I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I was not asleep. I was very awake. Look, this thing happened in 1990. It's 29 years from now. In June, in the month of June, I, I can remember it like yesterday. So those of you that are sitting here, and you see, we've been hearing it. As children, they tell you that witches fly in the night, and they describe them, all those things. I mean, like fireball and all those things. This thing, I saw it with my eyes, with my eyes. I didn't smell it. I saw it. I saw it. So those of you that don't believe it, you see, it is when you don't believe it, do you get it? That is when you will take for granted what is being done, what has been done and being done for you in Christ Jesus. That is what will make you not want to invest into the things that you have to invest into. Hmm. Father, we thank you. Let's rise up. I want us to, no, no, sit down, sit down. Just, uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Are you ready to pray? Look, it's better to pray than for me to even preach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, every time you go to church, if a preaching doesn't lead you to pray about something, then it's not a good preaching. Or Ephesians 1.17, rather. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to pray about this seriously. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. I said the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, we are not going to pray the eyes of understanding, but we are praying to pray, Lord. You see, we have spiritual eyes. How many here, occasionally, you sense something is about to go wrong and you discover later that something went wrong. Occasionally. It's not, it's not always. How many? How many? Yeah. You see, what, whatever you are feeling, there's a perception. There's, there's something in you that perceives beyond what the natural eye sees. Now, that thing of yours, when it is increased or when it has more light, you begin to even see more things by perceiving and understanding more. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I was, those things were there and I was always ignoring it. But I, since I took notice and now began not to take it for granted, <laughs> I have prayed and things have happened. 
but they have not resulted in the way the enemy would have wished for. Yeah, I'm telling you. I want us to pray about it. I said, I want us to pray about it. We are not praying for light for our understanding, but we are praying for opening of our spiritual eyes, for the opening or for the lighting of our spiritual eyes. That when we perceive, we will hear what the Spirit is saying to us. I said that when we perceive, we will hear what, especially if you are born again. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We want to pray, Lord. Lord, my spiritual eyes, my perception, give me more light. I said, give me more light. You see, as you develop naturally and you can touch something and be able to tell what it is, do you get it? It is out of increase in your interpretation of the things you touch. In other words, more data has been stored in your senses, in your mind. Said that you can touch something without seeing it physically and be able to tell whether it's smooth or it's rough. Be able to tell whether it's round or it is. Spiritually, we want that. That when there's a prompting, we be able to know what it is. Lift up your voice and say, Lord, I know that this is true. There is a realm. There is a realm. Oh, yes. I said, There is a realm. Oh, yes. There is a realm. A spiritual realm. Where things happen. Oh, yes. That determines what we experience oh, yes. physically. That our eyes may be Oh Lord, this morning. That our eyes may be opened. We ask, we ask. And we will see. We have many needs, but particularly that we in this area, we ask your help. We are praying. We are pleading oh, with yes. this morning. Oh yes. Somebody pray. Somebody lift oh, up your yes. voice. Ask God yes. that your spiritual eyes yes. may be opened. Yes. Your spiritual eyes may be open. Yes. That light may come yes. into your spiritual eyes. That light oh, may come. That illumination may come. That you may see. That you may see into the spirits. In the name of Jesus. That there may be increase in the light of your spirits. In the name of Jesus. We Thank are praying. You, Jesus. We are praying. According to your word. Your word says we must ask. Therefore, we are asking for our eyes oh, to be yes. open. Yes. To be open. We believe and we know yes. that there's a realm of a spirit that exists that is far beyond our physical realm. We believe and we know that it exists. We are praying. We are not ignorant. This morning we are not ignorant. We know that it exists. And therefore we are praying. We are lifting up our voice. We are not ignorant. In the name of Jesus. Ri 
spiritual babies but we want to be matured spiritually as we exercise our senses we would hear clearly and we will know what to do thank you Holy Spirit in Jesus name Amen please be seated you know last week I preached about Jesus Christ your escape from many things including a useless life you shall never be useless in the life you lead you see the uselessness of something is seen when time has passed let me say it to you again the uselessness of something is seen when time has passed many things will deceive you as useful but time you see time can never be deceived that, that's one of the things you need to know. Time. It, it, you see, time exposes everything. You see, if I am fake, time would expose me. You see, I can deceive you, but time would expose me. Yes. Time is a revealer. Are you with me? And so, Jesus Christ, in your life, as you follow him, as you walk with him, time will prove that you were wise. And time will show you what he has delivered you from. Hmm. You see, now, now, most of you, your friends will make fun of you. Your friends, the people around you, they make fun of you being a Christian. But I promise you, if you stay on course, I said, if you stay on course, 
time will show who has been a fool. Oh, oh, oh. That one. That one I can tell you. Time. As for time, Satan cannot deceive it. It always will reveal. Hallelujah. And I promise you, Jesus Christ in your life is your escape from a useless life, a life that is unfulfilling. Oh yes, I'm telling you. I am telling you. And so hold on to him dearly. I said hold on to him dearly. Spend time to hear what he has said about this life. And walk in them to escape. And not only to escape, but to triumph over the enemy of this world. The wicked one. You see, through Jesus Christ, you will show Satan that God is greater than him. You see, God is not afraid of Satan for him to hide you from him. No, no. He has enough power to do with your life what he wants to do in the presence of Satan. You see, it's almost like somebody who knows or who has enough power to go to the ATM in the presence of Totis. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some people, the totties run away from them. And do, you, do you know that? Do you know that there are some certain people, the totties themselves, they fear them. Yeah, yeah. They, they can leave everything. Nobody will touch it. Are you aware about that? that? It's almost like the guy leaves his car unlocked and nobody takes it. Because all the thieves in that world know that if you touch this one, your life, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, why, why do you want to go for trouble when trouble has not called for you? Are, are you with me? You see, you and I would never go to the ATM at certain places at certain times. You get it? But there is somebody who can go to the ATM and call the person who may attempt to steal to say, Can what are you doing here? Why just carry carry this one for me and put it in the car? And the guy, you see, the guy will not run away with it. Oh, what I'm saying is not true. What I'm saying is not true. Yeah, you see, in other words, in every realm there is a king, and I want you to know that God, through Jesus Christ, is the King of Kings. You see, the lady was saying she's the Queen of Kings. Yeah, you see, you can be a king, but king of what? So she was explaining to you that she's not queen of queens. She's queen of kings. <laughs> Hallelujah. Great. So I believe that God is speaking to us. Now, today, I want to sh- I'm sharing with you again from this book. And I take it and read it. The reason why, listen, the reason why we show you where we are preaching from is that most of you are not able to write notes. Do you get it? Or even when you write notes, you don't write well. Do you get it? But the books are written out well so that you can take your time and read it and understand the point. Amen. So I'm preaching from the same book. And I tell, listen, it's not, it's not about our church. is a church that teaches the people to know God for themselves. We are not into, into just receive his orders. It's good. We will receive it. We'll pray for you. Believe in miracles. We believe in all those things. We believe it. Do you get it? But we show you these things to explain to you that we are not, it's, it's not, we are not here to impress you. 
And that we don't impress you does not mean what we are saying is not true and is not vital for your life. Are, are you with me? We, we acknowledge that freely have we received. Whatever we have, God gave us by his spirit. And there's nothing special about us. So we make it available in, in the simplest form. But don't take it for granted that, oh, it's, uh, because it's readily available, it means nothing. No. Hallelujah. So I'm preaching from chapter 17 of this book. Chapter 17, the last chapter of this book. Are you with me? Good. I ask you a question. You have not answered me. Why, why is God making so much fuss about sin? Why? Or you, you bring the answer next week. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Do we, do we have single copies of this book? Like the, not Macario's copy. Know your invisible enemies. Are you sure? Oh, I think we have. I think there must be. Know your invisible enemies. Some of you know your visible enemies. Do you get it? Your visible enemies are not a problem. The real problems are your invisible enemies. And please, please, I'm pleading with you. I'm pleading with you. You know, yesterday, I was walking with somebody. Not walking, actually. We were driving together. Our, our, our bishop who is in charge of the whole of the churches in South Africa now. Bishop Peter Mohanya. And the wife. <laughs> you get it? I was, I was walking. Or we were together. We traveled together. And as I was looking at him and the wife, I remember very well the early years when I met them. And if somebody told me, or if I knew that one day this guy and this young girl would be the ones to take over and begin to, you see that the person is thinking and reasons and understands things that your heart will be gladdened that my 20 years of labor in this land, I have somebody to hand it over to. If somebody told me that this is the boy and this is the girl, I would have said, oh, what a big joke. But I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning to look after everybody God gives you well. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm telling you. I don't know how long I have left, but whatever years of my life is left, I intend to look after you well. And you must allow yourself to be looked after well. Because you have no idea what God, not you, God, will bring out of your life. It's amazing. It's amazing. Some of the things, you know, fine protocol will not allow to recount. Now my wife told me that when you're at a certain level, you don't say certain things anymore. I said, I disagree. I said, I disagree. No matter what level God takes me, I would always say that where I have been and where I was. But I would not, if the person himself is preaching and says it, that's fine. But I would not have to say it for them. Hallelujah. But I thank God. And it's all from this believing in the invisible and just doing what the word of God tells you to do. And I want you to believe your Christianity. Believe it. You have no idea what God will bring out of your life. You have no idea. I said you have no idea. Some of you don't sell it for one or two fornications. Look, look, look. I can tell you before you have gotten there, a lot of you men that you think sex is everything, very soon, if somebody is even offering you sex, you will actually be angry with the person. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. 
I'm telling you. There are, there are more better things in life than just, I mean, spending your energy on one girl. Look, you, you, you see it. You see it. Don't worry. It's as for, as for time. The as for time. Oh. Some of you ladies. Anyway, let's, let's, leave, let's leave that chapter. We are talking about serious things. First Corinthians, sorry, Second Corinthians, rather, chapter 4. Are you there? Let's start from verse 16. I'm going to verse 18. And let's put it in the Living Translation. It's easier so that we go fast. New Living Translation, NLT. You don't have it. It's there. Oh, what type of behavior is this? So what is here? You see, it's, it's, it's not that. It's just our ways. It's just our ways. Uh-huh. The way we do things. Yeah. The way we do things. It's just the way we do things. Do you get it? So if we want to be like the others, do you get it? The intelligence is the same. We just have to change the way we do things. And you'll be surprised you'll get the same results they get. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Hey, sometimes some of the troubles, it looks like they are here to stay. You know what? You know what? There were some years in my life when no food, no money, and it always felt like, is my life going to be like this forever? But not so long, I discovered that it was not going to be like that forever. It was just for a short season. It says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet the troubles produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. In other words, your troubles, the difficulties that comes into your life. Listen, listen carefully. Listen carefully. It's not every difficulty that comes into your life that is going to give you, please go back. It's not every difficulty. Let's get it clear here. Because sometimes when we put it together, then it allows some of us to stay foolish. It's not every difficulty that comes into your life that is going to produce a glory that vastly outweighs them. No, no, no. Let me just correct it here. I'm sorry if you are disappointed. Some of the troubles is your stupidity. And it is your stupidity and your disobedience. Do you get it? That has brought them unto you. I'm sorry to say it. They are not going to work for you any glory. I said they are not going to work for you any glory. Unless you can see them that it is my stupidity. And turn away. That is when things will change for the better. So why are you saying that? Didn't the Bible say all things work together? Yes, all things work together. But it doesn't mean all things work for your glory. The prodigal son, his suffering, having to eat with the pigs, and even the pigs refusing to be kind to him. Are you with me? Has nothing glorious to work for him on it. 
Because he ended up there based on his stupidity. When he told his father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And took the next step of going far away from his father. That, and then took the next step of enjoying a riotous life. Time was what caught him up and revealed with the farming. And he couldn't get job and he was broke. And he went to do animal husbandry. And the pigs were even not kind. Of course, the pigs will not be kind. Because they don't have the emotion that you have. That they can't see that you're hungry. But you see, his decision to recognize that I am in this trouble because of my stupidity. That is what brought relief for him. I said, that is what brought relief for him. And the party that was done for him was not a party based on his well-doneness, but was a party out of the joy of the father having him back. Hallelujah. So some of our troubles, please don't use this scripture. You see, the troubles that work for you, this glory, which is bigger than the trouble, are troubles that come because you choose to follow Christ. And obey his word. And, and I can promise you. Listen. Listen to me. If you follow Jesus in this world. You will have trouble. Don't let anybody tell you that. When you, are, when you are having trouble. It means that God is not with you. It's not true. In fact. If you follow Jesus in this world. You would have trouble. But Paul says that that trouble. Would work out for your good. Verse 18 is a verse I want us to do. It says so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Ah, how do you fix your gaze on things that cannot be seen? How do you, how do you look at something that cannot be seen? Have you thought to ask a question? The man is saying, we look at things that cannot be seen. How do you look at something that you can't see? He didn't get my question. These eyes, it can't look at what it can't see. When I look at you, it means I can see you. That's why I will look at you. But Paul says that we fix our gaze. So which gaze and with which eyes? For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things, are there things we cannot see? He said the things we cannot see will last forever. Are you with me? So that's why I'm, I'm emphasizing, I'm intentionally emphasizing this part. Because most Christians, we've preached you into things we can see. That, that's what we've done. That's what we've done. As pastors, that's what we've done. That's what we've done. All our lives, all our preaching, all our sermon, all our prayer topics is based on things we can see. Because if we are not showing you how to get a wife, we are showing you how to be a good wife. Isn't it? Meanwhile, the role of being a wife is only for a short time. Compared to the life that Christ has given you, which is eternity in heaven, the role of being a wife or a husband is so short. It's so short. There's no wifely role in heaven. There's no husband role in heaven. No. No, don't be disappointed. Anyway, that's not a message I'm preaching. So listen, I'm trying to, what I'm saying to you is I'm emphasizing that there is a realm which is so real, yet these natural eyes can't see. And that is where 
I said, that is where things work out. That is where things are worked out from. And that is where Christ's emphasis is on. Hallelujah. Good. So in Matthew 10, 38, Christ said, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. You are not worthy of being mine. I said, you are not worthy of being mine. It didn't say you are not worthy of being a church member. Oh, you can be a church member. I said, you can be a church member. You can know the pastor. You can know the priest. But he says, you are not worthy of being mine. Now, if Jesus says, without your cross, if he didn't say without his cross, <laughs> please, let's, let's, let's read it well. Uh, please, check your Bible. Is he not talking about his cross? What, what does your Bible say? Is it, it does it say his cross? If you don't accept my cross, is that what he's saying? What is he saying? His cross. Come again. What does he say? And, that, and he that taketh not his cross. He. Who is the he? Me. And whose cross is he talking about? Mine. Your cross. Your cross. Yeah. Your cross. Ah, but Jesus, you, you died on the cross for all of us. So why do, you, why, why, why do I need my cross? I, I don't get it. Why, 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 why my cross? But if you have one, you've died on it. Is it not okay? Well, I don't, that's what I'm saying. That I don't know why God had to make so much fuss about sin that he had to, when he couldn't get anybody here on earth, he had to come all the way himself. And choose particularly to die on the cross. Why didn't he die of malaria? Or flu? Or Ebola? Hey. Are you not concerned? I said, are you not concerned? Because I'm concerned. I'm just trying to... What does he know that I don't know? I mean, why must he die on the cross? What is it about the cross? In the realm, in the real world, that I don't know. Is your way of dying that important? But the Bible says, cursed is everyone that dieth on the cross. So he's dying on the cross. It means he's cursed. But he's cursed for doing what? The Bible says, he who knew no sin and what without sin. So how, why should he be cursed? But the Bible tells us the reason is so that you and me, as a, so that you and me will not be cursed. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't know what a curse is, basically, when a curse has worked, it brings uselessness in spite of contrary resources. You see, when a curse is working, do you get it? You may have what will lead to a particular life, but you end up having another life. You see, when a curse is at work, you may be born in a rich home, but you end up dying poor. That's, 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 what, that's what curse does. You see, curses, they lay waste every form of resources. So when a curse is at work, you may marry a good husband, yet you have a very bad marriage. <laughs> the husband is good though, but because of the presence of a curse, the marriage will be bad. That's the power of a curse. A curse gives you contrary results compared to the input. Now, you see, because the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, so shall you reap. But you see, the presence of a curse makes you know what you sow. Somehow. I said, somehow. By the working of a curse. So, you see, Christ dying 
on the cross to take away our curses or our curse. It's so that your life will never be cursed. And he's saying that you also need your cross. Hallelujah. He's saying that you also need your cross. So let's find out. You see, through your cross, you would have a certain life that is a blessed life, not a cursed life. Because through his cross, through his dying on the cross and the power of God, the Bible says that wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. That at the mention of that name, every knee should bow of things in heaven, on earth, and in the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord indeed. Are you here with me? So, you see, Jesus is showing us that this is the way. I said, he showed us practically the way to having a life that is blessed. And he says that, my, I am blessed. I have overcome Satan. And anything that is mine has overcome Satan. So he said, if you want to be mine, then you need your cross. Hallelujah. Oh, I pray for you that this truth would enter your heart in a special way. So why must you carry your cross? Chapter 17. Why? I mean, we must know why. Okay, let's look at some of the benefits of the cross. If, if I mean, if you don't understand why, it's almost like, I'm almost saying that it brings certain things into your life. So through the cross, do you get it? You receive the power to put away sin. Because by the cross of Jesus Christ, as he hanged on it, he released power to set people free from sin. And through your cross, are, are you hearing me? You would also, really, you also receive power to live in this world and be free from the dominion of sin. You see, when I talk of the dominion of sin. I'm not talking about one occasional mistake. I'm not talking about uh, Satan's terrorist strike. Are you with me? You see, you may, you may, as a terrorist, you may detonate a bomb, but you are not in charge of the country. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's the same thing. that For you to have power over sin, it means that sin doesn't control you. So the best sin can do is just act like a terrorist. will strike you in one area and run away. But it can't control you. Many people are controlled by sin. When I talk about sin, I'm, not talk, I'm talking about a person. Sin is a person. The devil. Many people are controlled by the devil. Without your cross, you will not have the power to, to, to not be controlled by the devil. So you do what the devil tells you to do. Oh yes. You see, the devil tells you it is fun to drink and do drugs. He tells you it's fun. Go and do it. And you go and do it. <laughs> It doesn't matter how many people you have seen do it and become stupid and useless. You just follow. Mm -hmm. Because you see, when, you see the, the power is that power makes you do things against even knowledge. But your cross will release the power that you need for Satan not to control you. And you know the, beauty, the best of all, it will, through your cross also, you will have the power to deliver others. That's the beauty. That's the beauty. The beauty is power not only for yourself, but power to deliver others. Hallelujah. Yeah. You know, through you, other people that Satan would have controlled, when you speak, they will listen to you. I've, I've observed certain people in my life, when, no matter what, what confusion is in my mind, when they speak, sense comes. All of a sudden, I become calm. 
And I begin to understand what I didn't understand. And I change my mind where I have to change my mind. I'm telling you. One such person is bishop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One such person is bishop. I remember when my mother died, I was sitting on the plane. And I told him that I'm on the plane, I'm coming home. One week after she died. And I was very, you know, I was very close to my mother. Very, very close. It's like my mother was everything to me. My mother was everything to me. And I was very traumatized. I've never been traumatized like that in my life. And I was dreading the flight. It was a six-hour flight. But I tell you, don't ask me how. And don't ask me what did he say. Whatever he said had the power to make me able to go on that six-hour flight in a very relaxed way. Supernatural. I said it's supernatural. Some of us, people don't hear us because our cross is, we have not taken it. We have left it. We only go and look at it and say, hey, you want me to carry you? I mean, I'm tired. I can't carry you. You sit there. If you can't walk, if you can't walk, be there. You'll be there. Hallelujah. You see, so by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, power was released that could put away the sins of men by paying the price. Yeah. And in the same way, by your cross and the sacrifices that you make on your cross, you will receive power and you also will receive not only power for yourself, but power to set others free. You see, you may never know what you would have accomplished by being able to set others free because you're, you can't see the spiritual realm, but there is a realm. Hallelujah. The second point, your cross would make you live unto righteousness. Your cross. All these, the verses are here. I just don't want to bother you with the verses. But if you get a book, the verses are here. The first point I was saying, the verse is uh, Hebrews 9.26. Don't, don't bother to put it up. Hebrews 9.26. Those of you that want to write. Some people are very stubborn. You say, get the book. They don't want to get a book. So, yeah, I, But I see every stubbornness being broken in Jesus' name. Amen. Stubbornness is of the devil. It's a spirit. It's of the devil. The second point is you receive the power through the cross or through your cross. You receive the power to live unto righteousness. 1 Peter 2.24. What is living unto righteousness? You see, through your cross, the righteousness that Christ put on you because of your faith in, in him, you are able to, to live it out. You are able to live it out. In other words, you do things that is pleasing to God. You are able to live a life that when God looks at you, a smile is on his face. Yeah. That, that, that's what the, that's, that's living unto righteousness. That's what it is. The things you do, it, it, it appeals to God. How many here will want to appeal to God in your ways? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, if there's anybody that you want to be happy with you, it must be God. If God is happy with you, it doesn't matter how many people are against you. They don't count. It doesn't matter how many people would tell, you shouldn't get this, how many people would pray, their prayers will never be answered. Because God is happy with you. Hallelujah. And the things you do, your life, God will be, when you look at it, you will be happy with. You see, when God is happy with you, that's when, when you make a mistake, he will just say, ah, but you should have told me. I mean, can you imagine, David, David killed his, one of his, I mean, main people, they are, they, he killed him. Not because the guy was treacherous, but because he, he tasted the wife. And he didn't want him to. In fact, the original plan was just a taste. Do you get it? But, you know, it's one problem that leads to another. You see, when the plot 
God complex. Did you get it? He had to finish what he had started. <laughs> Did you get it? And he killed him. Now, when God responded, you would think, ah, but God, how can you do this? The only thing he told him is that because you have used the sword on another person, the sword will not depart from your house. But you see, when God is with you, whether sword is present or sword is not present, things will happen eventually. Yeah. Even the foolishness of your child, is the punishment is postponed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a blessing. You see, when you can't see the spirit realm, you will say, I don't care whether God is happy with me or not. But you see, when you get there, you will care. You will care. You know, let me, let me say this to you. What your life becomes has to do with the blessings that is upon your life. It has nothing to do with what you do. Sometimes we are made to believe that if, if the quality of what you are doing is going to determine the type of life you will have. But I'm here to submit to you that the quality of what you are doing does not determine the type of life you have. The blessing that is upon your life determines the type of life that you have. Oh, yeah. So, so that's why you must labor to be blessed. I said, that's why you must tell somebody sitting by you, you must labor to be blessed. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, you see, your cross will enable you to kill or to make powerless your greatest enemy. And your greatest enemy is the world in which you live. Now, you see, most of us don't know because we don't analyze deep, we don't see what is more dangerous. You see, the environment we live in is more dangerous. It's damaging to your soul and damaging to everything. It's very frustrating. You don't realize it. You don't realize it. That the life on this earth is very frustrating. And the reason is that it's under the care and the management of the evil one. It's under the care of Satan. So you see, your cross would make you live in this world for how long God has given you and release to you the power to crucify the world to yourself. In other words, the world will be, you'll be in the world, but it will lose its power to influence you. But rather, you would have the power to influence it. Yeah. You see, you will be like a perfume and a smoke. The world is the smoke. You are the perfume. When you enter, your presence in the world would let the smell of smoke, the choking nature of smoke, go away. And the sweet aroma would come around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So through the cross, you crucify the world to yourself. In other words, the world loses its power. Galatians 6:14. You see, whatever Jesus did on the cross, or whatever Jesus used the cross to accomplish, the same thing you would accomplish with your cross. You know, I know for sure that by the time I'm laid to rest, there are going to be many lives that would have been changed. That would have been affected favorably. That would, that, would, that would have been delivered from the works of Satan because I lived. But it's not just because I lived, but because after I met Jesus, I took my cross. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. I said yes. He said, as for me, I never boast about anything except the miracles of Jesus Christ. Are you here or you are gone? I just get a feeling you are gone. Ask your neighbor, are you here or you are gone? Uh, you want me to shout? I see you being blessed. I see you going higher. I see miracles. Do, do you want me to do that? Is that what you want me to do? Take it one. Somebody's rising. Somebody's going higher. Take it two. Is that what you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen. Jesus Christ said, if you refuse to take up your cross, he says, you are not worthy of being mine. So what I'm showing you is I'm showing you why you must take up your cross. And to see that Jesus Christ's instruction of you taking up your cross is not a wicked instruction. It's not because he carried his cross. He wants everybody also to carry so that everybody will feel the way he feels. No. You know, some people, it's like some parents, when they suffer to be rich, they, they don't give their children one cent. They want the child. They say, ah, he must also go through what I went through. I know a man like that. And a very close person that I know. The man was rich or had enough money to make the children's life better. But he did nothing to make it better. And his simple reason was, you must go through the same thing that I went through. But you see, it was because he didn't read his Bible through a Bible well. If he read his Bible well, he read that you suffer so that somebody would escape that suffering. Let's go back to our verse, Galatians 6.14. As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, because of, because of, oh, I thought it was because of the miracles. It says, because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me also has died. You see, so because of your cross, the as simple advice of 1 John 2, 15 will be obeyed. Because of, the, because of your cross, if you take your cross, you will obey that good advice. It's not a commandment. It's an advice. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But there's another verse. That's a, something, something is, I think it's around the same place. That, that the things that are in the world are, are not of God. What does 14 say? Just do it quickly. 14, what does it say? Oh, no. 16. For the world offers only a craving. Ish. You see, it, it, the cross would make you obey not obey, but would make you live out this advice. You see, when, when, when you have your cross, you crucify the enticement that the world offers. You. It's crucified in you. You see, one of the things that I can tell you, let me say something to you. One of the things that I can tell you that has happened to me, among many things, is the ability of money to control what I do. The ability of money to control what I do. It, it, it's like it has lost its control over me. It doesn't mean I don't use it. I use it. But it doesn't... How do I know? You see, if you give me an envelope, sometimes it can lie there for two months without opening to know what is in it. In terms of, yes, I can know it's money. But I wouldn't open it to see how much. And it doesn't mean that I don't need money. But it's that... You see, I don't know. I, I, I can't explain it. But you see, th there's something about money that makes you want to see how much. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I, I, you see, I've been on the other side before. Where I want to, if you give me, I want to see how much did he give. Yeah, how much? But I realize it. That if you give me an envelope, I'll thank you and I'll pray for you and ask God to bless you. But I'm not in a rush to check how much did she give me. When I need money, 
to do something. I will check. Okay, last time somebody gave me an envelope. Let me check what is there. Oh, okay, it's thousand. Okay, so maybe. That's, yeah, I'm telling you. It's not like, oh, when you give me, I don't need it. I need it. I use it. No, no, don't, 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 don't misunderstand me. Don't, don't, sometimes, you know, sometimes when you say these things, people feel that, hey, he doesn't even have any need of money. I do have need of money. I have four children. Two of them are invested, not on Nesfas. Because I don't qualify. The way it is. You see, even though I, I, I write that I'm a preacher and that's what I am, still I don't qualify because they, I think they know that I'm a doctor. So it's like there's no way a doctor can qualify for Nesfas. But you see, the Bible is saying, some, and I noticed it, I noticed that something has happened to me. And do, you, do, you know, do you know what it does? It makes you go to the places God wants you to go. Because you see, having all of you, most of you, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. As against, as against pastoring the church where everybody is working. Do, do you get it? You understand what I'm talking about? Or should I explain it further? Yeah. But you see, you see, because money doesn't control me, I'm engaging myself in the place where God wants me to be. And you'll be surprised what my life will be like 20 years to come. Mm -hmm. Because as I continue to minister to you, a number of you are going to rise up and be very good Christians. A number of you are going to rise up and your life would attract the blessing of God. So what will happen is that over the years, I will know people, a lot of people in my life, upon whom God has blessed or God is blessing. Do you know what it means for me? I'll lack nothing. Because you'll be there and God will tell you, uh, go and bless him. All that you are enjoying is because of his teachings. And then somebody will say, uh, Bishop, you know, the Lord led me to give you 10,000 rands. I say, oh, what for? What do I buy? And meanwhile, it's not like you have gone to pray for their new house. No. It's like they are just there. You've not even spoken to the person for two months, three months. So the Lord just felt, say, wow, the Lord, he can lead people. <laughs> so he say, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasures. A craving for everything we see. And pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they are from this world. Listen, without the cross, these things can die to you. In fact, they will be alive to you. And they will be used by, this, by Satan to, to make you go merry-go-round. But you see, because of the cross, you shall be delivered from every power to manipulate you. And you will go where God wants you to go. And your life is going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Are you blessed this morning? The points are many, but I'm not going to preach all of them. But the, books are, the book is here. Chapter 17. I'm intentionally telling you chapter 17 of it. What chapter is it? Is it chapter what? 17. What does it say? What's the chapter? What's the heading? Why you must take up your cross. I'm not lying to you. It's not a joke. No. Are you going to take up your cross? I said, are you going to take up your cross? And, and belong to Jesus? I tell you, when, once you belong to Jesus, you do whatever Jesus did. I said, once you belong to Jesus, you do whatever Jesus did. Whatever Jesus accomplished in this world, you accomplish it. Yeah. Whatever Jesus. You see, wherever Satan could not defeat Jesus, Satan will never be able to defeat you. Because the weapon that defeated him is the cross. And through your cross, you shall defeat every work of Satan in your life. And through your cross, 
you shall defeat every work of Satan in the lives of so many people. And the curse that is in this world, you would escape it. I said, and the curse of frustration, of uselessness, of unhappiness, of pain, and everything that is in this world, you in particular, and all that will be connected to you would escape it because of your cross. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our website on loyaltyhousesouthafrica.org.